Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another exciting edition of Think Tank Sports. Think Tank Sports, where we think and you listen. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, those socials. Insta, sorry, I gotta, <laughs> gotta call it like it is there. And, of course, on your favorite podcast delivery system, listen, subscribe, download, and give us a five-star rating for today which is our Monday night football review of a game that could have been forgotten <laughs> and some college football sprinkled in there, the second most popular sport in the nation. And of course, uh, my friend Mike, who's got sprinkles on his donut today, is with us. Uh, please, no donut shaming here on Tech Sports, okay? <laughs> sprinkles or no sprinkles, it's all sugary goodness to me. Dave, uh, we do have, uh, speaking of all the socials you hit, uh, we did put a poll out there in the field this morning uh, about the NFL, and uh, it is based on our podcast that dropped last night, uh, the review of Week 7, and uh, we asked the question, which team is the biggest pretender in each conference in the NFC your options are the Cowboys, the Vikings, the Bears, and the Saints. Uh, very, very early voting. Uh, everyone's got some skin in the game except the Vikings. Nobody's nobody's thinking they're a pretender quite yet. And then in the AFC, uh, same question, biggest pretender in the AFC, Chiefs, Browns, Steelers, and Patriots. And uh, the Steelers have an early uh, lead, again, very early in the voting. You can get those polls on Twitter. Uh, at Think Tank Sports, uh, on the Insta or on Facebook. Just drop a comment with your uh, vote, and and all votes will be tallied, even if we have to hold over the results for an extra day or two yep. or bring in some experts on the hanging chads from Florida. Um, <laughs> hopefully he doesn't get that deep. Speaking of hopefully deep, not. Dave, uh, we had a kind of a deep, deep, dark look into two teams in the NFC last night oh, and Monday Night Football gracious. that have been perennial contenders and both organizations heading in the wrong direction uh, due to injury and some ineptness. And the Saints uh, pulled this game out 13-10 to on oh. a field goal just after the two-minute warning, two big penalties by the Seahawks, uh, a roughing the passer and an offsides uh, to put him in field goal range. And the Saints, with uh, a rookie kicker in his first game out of Virginia Tech, uh, hit a couple extra points and then the game-winning field goal. Uh, another game this week that was uh, super sloppy and, you know, it was rainy and, you know, it was Seattle. It was rainy and kind of depressing and people would rather have uh, a good cup of coffee and listen to some grunge music than watch watch their sea chickens here. Uh, Geno Smith, the uh, honeymoon is over, not uh, the best. Did it even begin? I hope not. <laughs> uh, he went a paltry 12 for 22 for 162 yards and a touchdown. And if he didn't have the long uh, touchdown to... Uh, DK Metcalf uh, right off the rip early in the game. They scored an 84-yard uh, yeah. touchdown where he uh – -oh. uh, how that play, Dave, was an offensive pass interference. 
Uh, I'm not a Lattimore fan, and, you know, he was being a jerk all night. Uh, you know, yeah. every play they were getting into a little, you know, slap fight, a little fisticuffs, but um, Metcalf definitely pushed off. And anyway, he went 84 yards. So if you take those 84 yards oh. out of um, the 167 yards Geno Smith had, that's how bad uh less than 100 yards the rest of the way yeah. passing oh so. terrible you're making a lot of noises and uh negative grunts over there buddy what, what did you think about that play or the, oh, the game overall oh uh, just oh just a terrible game i mean you just it's so tough you get the the marquee games the thursday night the sunday night the monday night you kind of hope that they're uh, of decent quality and this was not right uh seattle struggling to the point where they spent a lot of time showing russell wilson with the uh the cast on his hand practicing his throwing motions right. uh during warm-ups uh I, they could have used them uh seattle had only 219 total yards in this game. Uh, New Orleans didn't. Yeah, no, New Orleans only had 304. Uh, but this game, Mike, was the Alvin Kamara show. Mm-hmm. If you uh, didn't catch any of this, 10 catches for 128 yards and a touchdown. Uh, feels like every time uh, Winston went back to throw, Kamara was wide open. Yep. Uh, he's a n- matchup nightmare for anybody. Uh, they had secondary on him. They had linebackers on him. Uh, no. And <laughs> he also ran 20 times for 51 yards. So uh, wow. it, Alvin Kamara was the show uh, for the Saints and was enough to beat the sea chickens yeah and and really uh new orleans defense which was really good last year really showed up in this game too obviously with these numbers uh they had five sacks on geno smith and uh seems like demario davis and cam jordan just lived in the backfield uh for um the saints but dave really the one thing we want to take out of this game is of those two teams on the field, one of them I think will have Russell Wilson as their quarterback next season, and it's probably the Saints at this point. <laughs> you know, uh, all the off-season noise that you know Wilson made. You know, I don't want to be traded, but if I were to be traded, here's a list of teams. You know, the Saints were on it, and he pulled the O.J. Simpson. Uh, I didn't do it, but if I was going to do it, here's how I would have done it. Oh, really, O.J.? <laughs> Why don't you keep looking for the killer on all the golf courses and the united states oh. but oh, anyway boy. i digress oh, yes russell yes. wilson is far from oj simpson um yeah. let me get that out there but yeah imagine that uh saints offense with russell wilson at quarterback i mean Jameis winston his career is over uh you know we came into the season thinking okay he was going to mature and you know be a very good quarterback <clears throat> he has the arm talent uh you know another a uh, million dollar arm and 10 cent brain kind of situation. Uh, and, you know, if the crab legs weren't an indication of mm-hmm. his 10 cent brain uh, when he was in college, folks, then, uh, you know, you're just not paying attention. So uh, I would be interested to see Russell Wilson in that offense with Kamara and, you know, maybe 
Can, can Michael Thomas get on the field for the Saints? I mean, oh, what's happening with that dude? Yeah, I, no, absolutely it's crazy. no clue. He yeah. was he missed so much time last year as well. Yeah. Um, you know, with poor Drew Brees, had nobody to throw to, and then well, Michael Thomas. Him and it, right, that's true. But then he came back, and then he was gone again. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it, he's just—it's uh, a disappearing act there mm-hmm. uh, for him. And we'll see where Russell Wilson ends up. But right now, Mike, Seattle at two and five Done. in last place yeah. uh, in the NFC West. It's their first two and five start since 2011, the year before they drafted Russell Wilson. So yeah, they're this, is, done. this year is not going well for Seattle. No, and in that division, if you get a couple of games back, it's over. We saw last year with the Niners, you know, we're going to compete for the division title and get back to the Super Bowl. They got a few injuries and lost some games in the middle of the season, and it was over. So uh, that's that's where Seattle's at. Uh, New Orleans will hang around, but I don't think they scare anybody, uh, even with their 4-2 and two record. So, uh, Dave, there was a couple of new, uh, news-type items that we missed yesterday that were happening while we were recording. One, uh, you talked about Thursday night being marquee games, <clears throat> and this Thursday's game is the Packers versus the Cardinals. 6-1 and one Packers, 7-0 and oh Cardinals, you know, really... Uh, shaping up to be an NFC championship game preview. And we get the news that Devontae Adams is COVID positive and most likely going to miss the game. It would take uh, a miracle of consecutive negative tests for him uh, to be able to play Thursday night. If it was Sunday, uh, this game, then maybe he could play. So that's going to take the Packers, obviously, uh, if not, the best receiver in the league with apologies to Cooper cup, um, you know, close. Uh, so that's going to take a little bit of shine off this, uh, matchup on Thursday night. What was the other news item we didn't hit buddy? Uh, yes. The Jets, for Joe Flacco and they get him from the Eagles, Joe Flacco, who played on the Jets last year. Yeah. Uh, it's really a shell of his former self. The Jets send a 2022 six round pick uh, that can become a fifth rounder based on playing time to the Eagles and we get Joe Flacco and now we see how quickly Flacco can learn the offense and see if he potentially is the starter this week. Uh, That's an indication of how hurt Zach Wilson really is. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the Jets are playing the Bengals on Sunday and then turn around with a short week and play the Colts on the following Thursday. So uh, I'm sure they are – Joe Flacco is – at 36 years old, staying up late and studying the Mm -hmm. offense and hoping that uh, he can suck everything up so that he can make an impact for the Jets. I think you Uh, said it right, right there. Suck. Yeah. 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 It seems to be a theme there, but uh, so we'll see. We'll see what happens with Joe Flacco and the Jets. But Mike, now on to the second most popular sport in the u.s and that folks is college football and there were some there were some good interesting games this last week i don't Uh, dave if you'll permit me a second i don't understand the scheduling now for college football 
So we had a game Thursday night uh, up against the NFL game, and it was Coastal Carolina versus Troy State. Um, Appalachian State. Appalachian State. I was looking at the wrong week. Uh, on a Thursday, on a Wednesday night. On a Wednesday, yeah. Wow, I'm all over the place. And then Thursday they had a game in the top 25 with SMU and Tulane. And uh, I just don't understand. Those are not nights, especially with playoff baseball, hockey started, NBA started. I don't see uh, where they think they're going to draw a crowd or a TV rating uh, against these, um, you know, other options. But I digress. Coastal Carolina had creeped up to 14th in the nation. Yes. And uh, the Chanticleers seem to be on the same trajectory as last year. Uh, play anybody, any place, any time. Uh, the mullets were all over the place. Uh, except in this game, Dave, where they lost 30-27 to 27, uh, against a, an Appalachian State team that uh, has a lot of experience and is kind of um, senior-laden uh, with this with this team and it showed uh chase bryce uh was the quarterback that uh has had a roller coaster career down there in appalachian state and uh but he led them to uh the winning drive and uh they knock off the chanticleer so we won't hear from them for uh another season now with um a second loss for coastal carolina yeah um, and uh coastal Car- that's their first loss actually uh, for Coastal Carolina, but what it does oh, is right. knocks them, uh, puts Appalachian State in the driver's seat uh, for the division title there in the Sun Belt, and uh, Coastal Carolina. A lot of people thought they had played a weak schedule and that this Appalachian State team would give them problems, and they certainly did, Mike. Mm-hmm. And Coastal Carolina dropped ten spots to number twenty-four in the most recent. Uh, rankings and so I'm kind of surprised they stayed around even yeah I mean they're on the verge of out of the top 25 so yeah probably yep. so we'll we'll see yep. we, we cover them because Mike has been uh, paying attention to them but that does it you know it's a big upset despite the fact that that app state has some experience sure. uh, on their team and they were four and two coming in I mean it's not like they were a terrible team but uh, coastal Carolina coming back to earth yeah, you know, it's been a fun story over the last two years. Uh, that's why we keep an eye on them. And it would be fun to see a team like that if they could ever stay undefeated, uh, especially in a year like this where it's just wide open, uh, you know, uh, in the playoff, uh, just make a little noise. Of course, they're not in the Power Five and probably would never get a chance to play in the playoff. But if there's expanded playoffs in the future, that's the kind of team you want to see get in there and – uh, have some chaos established, but yes, absolutely. Then, you know, just quickly, SMU dominated Tulane fifty-five twenty-six. Uh, I only saw the highlights of this game, and it wasn't that close, from what I could tell. SMU's got that fast-paced turbo offense, where you know they're snapping the ball within ten to twelve seconds of you know the previous play being over, and uh, it's effective and exhausting to the other team. Uh, if you could get SMU to get a couple three and outs, that's how you, you know, mess up their their game plan. But uh, one of those teams in a small conference that's just fun to watch occasionally, the Mustangs versus the Green Wave. 
uh, uh, yes. on a Friday night. So, but let's get to the big games on Saturday, Dave. What's the first one you want to talk well, about? Well, I th- I think we've got to stop with the uh, record-breaking nine overtime game uh, down in Happy Valley uh, with your number seven Penn State Nittany Lions mm-hmm. against uh, Illinois. And this game goes to nine overtimes. Illinois two and five coming in, uh, but that's what happened. And this is an NCAA record for nine overtimes. Uh, they definitely had uh, what was the fourth, the fifth, the sixth, and the seventh overtime uh, where teams uh, they just traded uh, missed opportunities. And right. one of the things that has changed this year, Mike, and I think we talked about it either last week or the week before. Uh, with the NCAA is when you get into overtime and you get to the third overtime, the teams then swap two point uh, opportunities. So from the third yard, from the three yard line, right, and they go back and forth. And so the fourth through seventh overtimes or were, or ninth, inept, were yeah. yes, were well, but fourth through seven were the inept ones with oh. no activity whatsoever gotcha. uh just ineptness and then both teams scoring in the eighth overtime penn state does not score in the ninth overtime and illinois gets uh a nice little three yard pass uh with the quarterback rolling out uh mike penn state only 227 yards in this game including a paltry 62 yards rushing yeah. uh the nittany lions came in as a 23 and a half point favorite and lost 20 to 18 in one of the strangest scores uh you will see in a nine overtime game you expect yes. the the 70 to 67 basketball score uh instead you get a very uh clunk-ish score there but kudos to illinois for keeping the pedal to the metal 357 yards rushing in this game uh and penn state uh a week before uh getting ready to play ohio state this week uh throws down a real clunker performance uh may have been looking ahead to ohio state mike yeah it's certainly a trap game that uh is classic and Penn State fell right into it 10-10 at the end of regulation so uh, just like you said paltry offensive uh, output by Penn State Uh, the only time you're going to see a crazier overtime score is if you get a long overtime with like a 0-0 tie at the end of regulation but uh, that would be very interesting um, for the numbers probably not interesting to watch if you got a 0-0 tie uh, so Penn State, like you said, drops to five and two, and number seven in the country, and um, would need a ton of help to get into the playoff at this point. Oh yeah, two losses in the conference. Yeah. They still have to play Ohio State, Michigan, and Michigan State, uh, all of which are ranked in the top. In 10. the top ten, right. yeah. So. After this loss, Penn State falls, uh, takes the biggest tumble in the poll, 13 spots uh, down to number 20 in the AP poll. So yeah. uh, Penn State 
on the outside looking in for sure. Absolutely. Uh, number two, Cincinnati took care of Navy 27 to 20. Always uh, tough to prepare for, you know, the triple option Navy offense. Uh, so I don't, I don't uh, begrudge them a close game. Uh, at 27-20. I watched a lot of this game. It never really felt like Cincinnati was threatened uh, on the scoreboard, but, uh, you know, still a one-score game to to end it. Um, Navy covered the spread. They were were getting 28.5 points, and they only lost by seven. So uh, very interesting there. And the over-under was 48 and a half and total ended up 47 47 yeah so uh, kind of crazy uh there for from a gambling perspective uh oklahoma dave the number three team in the country uh took care of a game kansas team uh 35 23 uh kansas drops to one and six and continues to be one of the saddest programs in a big conference uh in the history really uh, of NCAA sports. Oh, uh, absolutely. It, it's, I know it's ba- basketball centric in Kansas, um, but you have a large budget and you're playing against these uh, really good national championship contender type teams in a big conference. Uh, you got to do better than this. And somebody someday will turn that program around. Uh, but Oklahoma takes care of business. What else you want to stop on buddy? Uh, well, I, I just want to briefly park on scores, and uh, one is number four, Alabama, yep. uh, taking apart Tennessee, 52-24. to 24. And the reason I wanted to park on that for a moment is then in the latest rankings, uh, a one-loss Alabama team has now moved ahead of undefeated Oklahoma, and now Alabama is three and Oklahoma is four. Mm-hmm. Please, please, please explain to me how that happens. Uh, uh, money, Dave. Alabama is yeah. a bigger draw nationally. They travel well with their um, team. Uh, they bring eyeballs to the set because a casual college football fan Here's Alabama and says, "Oh, they're always good. Let's check out, you know, and see if what they're going to do in a in a playoff scenario where they hear Oklahoma or Ohio. Well, Ohio State should be up there too, although they haven't really played anybody yet. By the time their schedule's over, uh, we'll know how good or bad Ohio State is. Um, but yeah, Alabama's always going to get the benefit of the doubt or two. You know, of course, and, and Nick Saban is a factor in that as well, you know, uh, probably considered the best coach in the history of college football at this point. Um, and whether you agree with that or not, uh, that does also bring eyeballs to the televisions. Um, so that's my explanation. I didn't say I like it. Yeah, but no, that's no, what it I'm, is. I'm with you. And or were you being the, rhetorical? And- Oh, no, no, it's fine. Okay. Uh, it's somewhat rhetorical, but it's fine. Uh, and in the coaches' poll, Oklahoma drops two spots uh, yeah. down to number four. So um, Just because they struggled with Kansas? I mean, Just because they struggle. I mean, Cincinnati, if you look at the coaches' poll, Cincinnati struggled with Navy right. uh, from a score perspective. And, you know, 
Oklahoma won by more points against Kansas than Cincinnati did against Navy, mm-hmm. and Cincinnati moves up in the coaches' poll. So it's just one of those pieces. You hope that at the end of the year it doesn't come down to, oh, hey, in you know week eight uh, this happened and Alabama leapfrogged and now Oklahoma's on the outside looking in. Yeah. Just hope it doesn't come down to that as far as that goes. I agree. Um, Dave, the quack attack is back. Uh, yeah, yes. 34-31 against a UCLA team that, you know, isn't great, but that's okay. Uh, they'll take it. Uh, kind of getting healthy at the right time. Don't have uh, a ton of tough opponents that left. They've got Colorado, Washington, Washington State. Utah will give them a challenge. And then the last game, uh, of the season, the Oregon State game should be pretty decent um, to see where they are. And then do they have a championship out there in the Pac-12, a championship game? Yes, yeah, yes, they so, do. Uh, they can stay the course and win that. Uh, they'll definitely be a contender for that four spot in the playoff um, when we get to it. Yeah, and Oregon, after their win, moved up three spots to number seven. Okay. So uh, they're definitely going to be right there, Mike, as you look at the three teams around them being Ohio State, Michigan, and Michigan State. They're all going to play each other. Those teams are going to lose. That's right. Uh, So Oregon definitely, uh, despite the one bad loss, uh, has positioned themselves uh, to be in a very good spot uh, to potentially move into that top four. Uh, Mike, we did have... Uh, a basketball score in a football game this week. Okay. And that was uh, the undefeated Wake Forest Demon Deacons Mm -hmm. against Army. Mm -hmm. And a a game Army team uh, rolls up 416 rushing yards on Wake Forest. But Wake Forest uh, gets to... uh, uh, interception return for a touchdown later in the game and gets to 70 points. So 70 to 56 in the basketball department. Uh, Sam Hartman for Wake Forest, 458 yards passing and five touchdowns. Is that pretty also, good or not? Uh, that's pretty good. I also wow. ran one in. Wow. Um, 1,233 total yards of offense in this game. Uh, Still uh, stinging that Syracuse could have beaten this team, Uh, but Wake Forest is is doing it, and they sit at 7-0, 3-0 in the ACC, and they have Duke, North Carolina, Uh, Those are both very winnable games. Uh, North Carolina may be a fight uh, just because of the quarterback. NC State has a couple of big injuries, Mm -hmm. uh, one on the offensive line, and their best, their leading tackler, second leading tackler got hurt this week against Miami. Uh, Then they play Clemson and then Boston College. So uh, Wake Forest, uh, they very well could end up with, undefeated or maybe even just one loss right uh at the end of the year yeah i mean they're definitely a team to watch that's in the middle of the pack here in the rankings and uh probably should have a little more respect uh put on their name uh as we go forward and um like you said a team a fun team to watch offensively and 
it does hurt that Syracuse had them on the ropes and um, really probably should have won that game. But we'll get to that uh, some other day. Uh, one team that we uh, – so Oklahoma State lost 24-21. They were quickly becoming the darlings uh, of college football, uh, but they lost to Iowa State 24-21, kind of knocking them out of um, the national picture. Uh, Dave – I don't think, have we talked about Ed Ogeron and LSU and uh, his decision to leave after the season? Uh, no, I don't, think, I don't think, I think it happened off schedule as far as when our pods were in. So, right. Uh, what do you think of that? Uh, it, it is what it is. Um, That's fair. I mean, just won a national he, championship and you can't get a couple more years. Yeah. Um, I feel like the national championship, though, wasn't that with uh, somebody else's players? I don't think I don't think he was there. I think those were other uh, another coach's players. I could be That's wrong. Possible. There, but, That's possible. That's um, possible. You know, uh, it, it is what it is. Uh, it, it'll be a challenge, I guess. But LSU is a good program. I'm sure they'll get another great coach in there. Right. Uh, it's definitely. Uh, oh, Les playing. Miles was the previous coach, so maybe it yeah. was his, his team. Yeah, yeah. Playing in the SEC, uh, they're continuing to get good recruits. I mean, that's that's going to be a job that a lot of coaches are going to want to go to. So I don't think LSU is going to struggle there. Uh, as maybe far as Urban Meyer will be available. Oh, that's possible. Boy. Maybe your oh. boy Dan Mullins will go from Florida to LSU. Oh. But that's a step up, no? Well, yeah, it would be a step up. I uh, I don't know. Is LSU in the top ten uh, attractive coaching jobs in the country? Got to be right there, close, right? Yeah, got to be, got to be very close. Uh, no doubt. Just you know, with the history, uh, the recent history, um, and also their long time history, and again, playing in the SEC, uh, I think it's definitely. Uh, a location that coaches will be interested in. Can we hit one more team before we get to all uh, your Syracuse orange? Unless you Absolutely. Heard. Now here's a team folks that uh, you really want to start paying attention to their eight and O the university of Texas, San Antonio, Dave, do you know their nickname without looking? Oh, I'm looking at the picture, and I still am not sure <laughs> what the heck that is. That's a roadrunner, Dave. They are oh, the roadrunners okay. of Texas San Antonio, uh, and they beat Louisiana Tech 45-16. So here's who they've beaten so far this year uh, in the Conference USA West Division. Uh, Lamar, 54 to nothing. Middle Tennessee, 27-13. Memphis, that's a good game. 31-28, that's a good win for them. UNLV, Western wow, these, Kentucky. These are all close games. Yeah, Rice, 45 nothing, and Louisiana Tech, 45-16. But early in the year, very close games. Uh, and now, they beat Illinois to start the year out at Illinois. Yeah, 37-30. So that's a good win, too. So yeah. Mem Memphis, Illinois, those are good wins for them. Uh, they got UTEP, Southern Mississippi, UAB, and North Texas uh, to finish the season. The, they're in this Conference USA. It'll be interesting to see if they finish undefeated, how far up the rankings they can get. It's kind of the uh, 
team like Liberty and Coastal Carolina last year that uh, really um, from smaller conferences making big noise uh, at the bottom of these rankings. Uh, but the key is staying undefeated. There is no one loss for them uh, and still hanging around. So yep. uh, just no a fun, fun team to you know keep an eye on, I'm sure. I've never seen them play. Don't know what their style is. Um, but I might try to check them out this weekend, buddy, if they're on TV. Yep, yep. They are uh, on the road at Texas El Paso. It's at 10.15 p.m. Saturday night, ESPN2, uh, Mike. Uh, you might need your uh, five-hour energy to stay up for uh, that. Yeah, no. Not and, even with one of those. Yeah. And so uh, just related to this, Texas Tech has fired their coach oh, and yeah. already – uh, Texas San Antonio's Jeff Trailer is one of <laughs> and SMU's coach are at the top of the list for Texas Tech. So uh, he could be on the move relatively quickly here, Mike. I do hate to see these middling schools be stepping stones for bigger, uh, you know, coaching opportunities. I live in an area uh, really close to Siena basketball, and for years, uh, every time they got a coach that was, you know, worth his salt. Uh, he moved on within two or three years um, to, you know, a, a bigger and better opportunities. Um, thinking like Lewis Orr went from Siena to Providence and Paul Hewitt went from Siena to Georgia Tech. And, you know, and then went to the national championship game. Yeah. You know, Fran McCaffrey went from Siena to Iowa. So, you know, you know, there's definitely been. Uh, there's been some duds of coaches, don't get me wrong. But it's, sure, but it's, they've had some good ones. Yeah, it's, it's been a stepping stone. And it's just, uh, you know, if you're a fan of that team, and I'm sure if you're an alumnus of that team, you know, you gotta, it's got to be a gut punch every time one of those guys leave. But, uh, but just think about what it would be if they weren't here. You know, you'd never have heard of, of a school like Siena. So. Yep. Uh, real quick, uh, also Notre Dame 31-16 over their rivals USC. Uh, so that was good to see. One of the all-time uniform games, you know, that looks like college football when those two uh, are on the field playing each other. Uh, Notre Dame 6-1. And, one. and uh, what's their current ranking, buddy? I have the old rankings here. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Where already? is Notre Dame? Nope, I'm there. Uh, up two spots to number 11 in okay. the AP. And also 11 in the coaches' poll. So okay. uh, victory against USC moves them up just a little bit there. Yeah, USC is not very good right now. Um, is that spot still open too, right? Um, I can't remember if that spot's still open at USC. But anyway. Oh, not sure. Yeah. yeah. So, Three and four USC um, not, not having the kind of year that no. USC is normally used to. Correct. So, buddy, what happened with your Syracuse Orange? So, we finally won a close game. You did. Um, and, boy, what is a back-and-forth affair. Uh, Syracuse down uh, at Lane Stadium in Virginia Tech. They haven't played there since they were the teams uh, joined the ACC. So, the last time they played, they were Big East rivals mm -hmm. uh, down there. And that is a tough place to play. Uh, I've seen... Uh, 
games. I've not been there, but games on TV for some time. And Syracuse has had some nightmare performances down there. This was not one of them. Uh, a, a back and forth affair for sure. Syracuse piled up like 550 yards of offense in this game. Wow. Uh, Virginia Tech uh, was game as well. And boy, that you go through the highlights and you just see some some runs from both teams where they make it through the line and there's nobody near any of them. And uh, Sean Tucker had one early on. Yep. And uh, Malachi Thomas had one late to put Virginia Tech up. But Syracuse uh, got a touchdown uh, by Schrader in the fourth quarter and then their defense held Virginia Tech and Syracuse got the ball back with a minute to go. Uh, they get to the Virginia Tech 45, and the offensive line still struggles, and Virginia Tech only rushing four, mm-hmm. and the, one of the Syracuse linemen just doesn't even block him, and he comes oh, right in. Um, yeah. And luckily, Schrader got rid of it and threw it down to Alford, the uh, big six foot six freshman uh, from Canada, and he hauls in the 40. Five-yard touchdown pass with 19 nice. precious seconds left on the clock, and Syracuse goes on to win 41-36. Garrett Schrader had, without a doubt, his best game hmm. uh, for Syracuse. Uh, not great percentage-wise, 16 of 34. Not great, uh, Dave. But, That's less than 50%. Yeah. Yeah. But given how horrible his passing has been for 236 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. No picks uh, is the big one. Yeah. Definitely a uh, standout performance for him. And also 22 carries, Mike, 174 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, he's out there because he can run. And if he can start to throw the ball, uh, his first touchdown pass uh, to Courtney Jackson uh, was a, drop back and then fade into the corner uh, was a very, very nice throw uh, considering last week bounced some throws on five yard outs. Yep. Looks like he's made some improvements and Sean Tucker goes over a thousand yards for the season with 20 carries, 112 yards and a touchdown and Syracuse now sits at four and four Mike and they have a BC team that's uh, going to be smarting a little bit uh, from losing 28-14 at Louisville this last week. Boston College has not won a conference game yet this year. Uh, so Syracuse hosts Boston College at 3.30 on Saturday uh, during homecoming weekend. Should be a nice crowd. And Syracuse, offensively anyways, Mike, they are uh, – they're definitely performing at a pretty good clip, uh, considering where they started out uh, struggling a little bit earlier in the year. Yeah, and, and people, you know, around here, Dave, they want to, you know, say what could have been or should have been with this team this season, and they're right. But it's time to put that behind us and see, you know, how strongly they can finish. They moved up 24 spots in the rankings this week, folks. Uh, into number 64, I think it is, in the country. Uh, and really uh, playing outstanding defensive football, in my opinion. Uh, and with Sean Tucker, maybe the number one running back, uh, other than that kid from Texas whose name I can't remember, um, you know, in the country, uh, having a, a career year, uh, 
and sh- and they're committed to Schrader, like you said, because he can run the ball so well. Uh, Tommy DeVito, you know, just doesn't have that in his arsenal. Uh, so you can stop the Tommy DeVito uh chance i don't think there i don't think anybody's really rooting for him to get back in at this point well but, no uh, and he he's entered the transfer portal oh right so, so it's over so anyway he's, so he's right. yep he's he's gone right um Good and call. boy you look at this uh schrader with a thousand yards passing and 592 yards rushing yeah uh on this year too uh things looking okay for syracuse and this uh, they're playing well i know they're at home but syracuse is a six-point favorite against Boston College. Wow. Um, wow. Main... I, I, that just seems high to me. I know Boston College is struggling, but, right. um, you know, st- the only, the only, uh, yeah, Syracuse has played so many close games, I wouldn't expect them to win by six points uh, at all. Right. But we'll see. So, you know, they, they play Boston College, then uh, a week off, and then they finish up at Louisville, at NC State, uh, and then an NC State fell out of the rankings this week right. uh, after their loss to Miami, and then the final game against probably the second best team in the ACC being the Pitt Panthers. Yeah, um, um, they're they're really fun to watch with Pickett at quarterback. I feel like an old school drop back, uh, stand in the pocket type of presence. Uh, he's going to get a lot of love uh, at the combine and the NFL draft. He's got the body for it, uh, the size, the arm strength. So um, he's fun to watch uh, at Pitt. And that'll really be interesting game um, for Syracuse. We talked about having to win, you know, three of the next five to get bowl eligible. Uh, the way they're playing now, I'm fairly confident, you know, that they're going to win two more. Uh, and, you know, stay at the 500 level and uh, get into a, a bowl game, uh, which is, you know, something that will be great for Syracuse. A lot of young players, uh, you know, at key positions and to get that extra game, uh, extra practice time, uh, all of that is huge. So that's what – and, you know, they're playing for Dino Baber's job as well. I still think it might be over. Uh, if he doesn't make a bowl game, it's got to be over. Uh, mm-hmm. for him uh, but even uh, if he does he's still it's gonna have to go in and uh, you know they'll have to make major changes to the coaching staff and he'll have to save his job he'll have to get rid of some of his friends and that kind of stuff but uh, this is major college football that's what happens uh, you know and we'll go from there but it's good to see them uh, win a tight game and play uh, you know play so well against a, a fairly decent opponent so Anything else you want to talk about, Dave, in college football or uh, anything uh, else we need to well, cover? You know, one, one interesting thing, mm-hmm. and let me grab this here because I want to um, get the details right. Uh, some, this will surprise no one, uh, some challenges with officiating, oh. uh, which, you know, that happens in every game uh, across the way. But this one really hurts, I think. Uh, Harvard... Uh, with an overtime victory, um, well, costs Harvard. So Harvard and Princeton uh, playing in overtime, okay. and they get the to the third overtime, and the uh, Harvard quarterback gets a two-point. They, they, they're in the third overtime, so they're doing the two-point plays, 
And then the replay officials ordered a review to see if Princeton's coach had called a timeout before the snap. Mm. Uh, and they ruled he did. And so they had to replay the down. Um, Harvard scored again, but then that play was called back because of a penalty. And on the third try, they were stopped. The game went two more overtimes and Princeton won the game. Uh, league officials, uh, made a procedural error, they said, after the game, because a timeout can be awarded only before the ball is snapped, and it's not a reviewable situation. Yeah, I was going to say, that can't be reviewed. Yeah, no, no, it cannot. And so uh, this costs, and and another strange score again with the two points, Princeton wins 18-16, to but the game should have been over. Uh, in the third overtime with Harvard winning. So just a little interesting piece. Yeah. And, you know, not people are not always paying attention to Ivy League football. Uh, but thought that was that was interesting as far as I, I, I can't recall ever seeing that in a game uh, where there's been a review to see if somebody's called a timeout. No. Um, so thought that was a little strange. Mike's usually the one coming up with these strange things. Uh, this does not rival many of the things that oh, Mike has found it's by any stretch, but that's what we got as far as uh, interesting plays and interesting things in college football in week eight. Dave, I see uh, the uh, Cornell. What's Cornell's nickname? The Big, Big Red. Big Red uh, put up 45 points against Brown, and but they lost 49-45. Oh. Um, and they're now 1-5 in... Um, the Ivy League, so uh, not exactly tearing it up there. It looks like Columbia and Dartmouth are the uh, best teams in the league with Columbia beating Dartmouth 19 to nothing this week, uh, bringing them both to 5-1. and one. Um, So there's your Ivy League breakdown, folks, um, whether you <laughs> oh, wanted it or not. the best Ivy League uh, announcer in the game for nothing. A <laughs> uh, couple of big games this week, Mike, and we talked about it last week, but uh, undefeated Michigan at undefeated Michigan State. Oh, yeah, that's uh, going to be a really good one. On Fox at noon on Saturday, Michigan a four-and-a-half-point favorite in that game, which is interesting. Yep. And let's see, the other – uh, you know, it'll be a fun game to watch. At Auburn okay. um, yeah. is on ESPN. That's number 10, Mississippi, number 18, Auburn. Auburn favored by two and a half. Uh, Texas versus Baylor. Baylor is number 16 in the country, uh, six and one, or Texas is four and three, but really uh, an exciting uh, offense for Texas. That This one could be uh, a crazy blowout. The over under 61. Um, I would say that either team's going to challenge that number by themselves. I think the over uh, is destiny. Baylor, interestingly, is uh, only favored by two and a half, even though they're yeah. six and one, and Texas is four and three. Uh, and uh, can I just say, what is the love fest with Wisconsin? I don't we know. Ta- just going to say that. Come on. And so Wisconsin now is hosting Iowa, who's certainly smarting. Uh, after their loss, yeah. uh, at six and one, Wisconsin four and three, Wisconsin's at home favored by three points. Mike, yeah. I don't understand that. Iowa is 
miles away better than them. Now watch Wisconsin uh, go ahead and beat them. Certainly Wisconsin has won three in a row after their one and three start, but there's no way they should be favored at home uh, against a very, very good uh, Iowa team. That just seems ridiculous to me. And the only other interesting game, I think, for me, Mike, is uh, the aforementioned Penn State, Ohio State. Yes. Uh, at Ohio State, 7.30 on ABC. Uh, Ohio State is an 18-and-a-half-point yeah. favorite. I just saw uh, that huge number. Wow. Huge number. Uh, that is a huge number, and people must be thinking, well, Penn State lost to Illinois, uh, so they're terrible. I, I can't I, – I would be shocked to see – uh, that game be that far apart right. uh, at the end, but I guess we'll we will wait and see. And as they say, Mike, that's why they play the games. They do play the games, and we'll be watching Dave. Uh, you know, always interesting this time of year as college football um, is every every week's like a playoff week for a lot of these teams, and and so um, one of the reasons it's so popular in the United States is every game is important. And uh, everyone, you know, gathers together and, and roots for their team. And, and it's a, like a tribal atmosphere and a lot of fun. So we'll be watching Saturday uh, and probably some of these games during the week as we're down to the World Series here in uh, Major League Baseball and basketball just just ramping up. So, uh, folks, we appreciate all your support and feedback. Uh, let us know how we're doing. Give us some comments. Uh, questions, concerns, or regurgitations uh, at all of our social media platforms at Think Tank Sports, where we strive for five.